Let's say our verse together. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Romans ten fourteen. All right. If our ushers would come, we will receive our tithes and offering. While we are receiving the offering here in our service, let me share a great need. Your prayers. Please pray with us that God would use and bless the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. This program is a ministry of Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland. If the Lord would lay on your heart to donate to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour, we will provide our contact information at the end of this program. We will now return to the service. My message this morning is righteousness exalteth a nation. Righteousness exalteth a nation. You may open your Bibles to Proverbs 14, 
Proverbs 14, and then I will read a couple of verses from Psalms 33. Uh, it'll be first Proverbs 14, so if you want to put your finger in those places and be ready for that. As we come to the July 4th celebration for America, I think most of us as, as believers come to it with great mixed emotions. We love our country. We want to celebrate the freedom and, and what God has given to us in our country. And uh, we, in our celebration, I believe, at least our gathering here today, we understand and appreciate the great sacrifice that men and women have given to either give and, and secure this freedom and to defend it and provide for it. And there have been thousands upon thousands who have laid their life down to secure this freedom and preserve this freedom. And, and we are ecstatic about that. At the same time, I believe we are grieved over the direction of our country and the diminishing of our freedoms as, as what is happening. And so when we come to celebrate the 4th of July, undoubtedly it is with those mixed emotions that we face it. We, we rejoice in our past and we are grieved in some things about our present and we are concerned about the future of our nation. A little bit about our past. Contrary to the rewritten history and contemporary propaganda, much of America's founding as far as the establishment of our government and its judicial laws and all that go with that, America's founding was based upon biblical principles. As I have shared in the past, many of our founding fathers that helped wrote and crafted our independence and our constitution and our basic laws, they would spend their evenings and nights searching the Word of God and finding God's mind as to what a good government should be like and what good laws should be like, and they would come the next day and write our laws. Even going back before that, Christopher Columbus said, It was the Lord who put in my mind to sail from Spain uh, to the Indies, but he found us instead. I could feel his hand upon me. All who heard my project rejected it with laughter and ridiculed against me. There is no question that my inspiration to sail came from the Holy Ghost of God because he comforted me with the ray of illumination from the Holy Scriptures, encouraging me to sail on till I found the country. And so even in his expeditions, I do understand during his era, they believed the world was flat. I guess there's some that still think that, but uh, I, I have to chuckle about that. But uh, that's when they thought the earth was flat, and if you went too far out on the ocean, you'd sail over the edge, never to be found again. And so uh, he realized that the world was not flat by a passage in the Scripture that spoke about the circle of the earth. And that led him to believe that it could not be a flat surface. And so we see how God intervened with him. While we cannot claim America to have been exclusively a godly nation, I believe we can say historically that America's basis for morals and judicial values 
were originally rooted in God's Word. Now, here's the tragedy. Over the last 60-plus years, there's been an increasing uh, uh, defiance against God and against God's Word. They started by trying to kick prayer and God out of schools, out of government, and now they want to eliminate Him totally out of our society. And along with it, we see education, politics, news medias, corporations, entertainment, social media, all on board to the pathway of corruption. Such an internal corruption will destroy America and its freedom. And it is doing that very thing. They say what we learn from history is that we do not learn from history. History teaches us that Rome did not fall because it was conquered by another nation. Rome fell, one of the great nations of the past, because of the internal corruption that literally destroyed the very fiber of that nation. Four things, they said, that prevailed that led to its demise. Excessive taxes. Excessive regulations of life. The removal of land ownership with their rights. Widespread moral corruption with an emphasis on pleasure and entertainment. That led to the demise of a once great nation. You see, it is righteousness that exalts a nation, and it is corruption that destroys a nation. If you're able to stand for the reading of God's Word, I'm going to read just two or three verses here this morning. I'll start with Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34. Here is a, a, an affirmative statement by God about a nation. Righteousness, verse 34, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now turn back to Psalm 33. Psalm 33, and I'll begin reading with verse 12. Psalm 33, and I will begin with verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. And first, we want to thank you for the 200 plus years, or or the nearly 200 years that we have had here in America. Not quite that many as a nation, but many. And Father, for the freedoms that we have had. For the years of your protection. And Lord, we want to give you the praise for that. But today, Father, help us to understand what it means to still be a nation in God's favor or out of God's favor. And give us understanding for the condition of our country and what we can do and what we may expect. And use this message this morning to direct our hearts. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You may be seated. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin brings its destruction. 
I want to bring or start with a couple of definitions to these passages and and what we're talking about this morning. First of all, what is righteousness? There have been even movie stars and different ones that have tried to use that term righteousness in a variety of ways that certainly is not in the biblical sense. And it is used in a widespread way that really does not have biblical definition. And so when we're talking from the Bible, it says righteousness exalteth a nation. What is God saying righteousness is so that that nation can be exalted? Well, righteousness is to act lawfully and right towards each other according to God's holy standards. Now, let me repeat that. Righteousness is to act lawfully and right towards each other according to God's holy standards. Now, righteousness begins with God. God is righteous because he is holy. Holiness has to do with his nature and his character and who he is. God's righteousness is his actions to humanity and all creation. And the reason he is righteous in all of his actions, and he is always righteous. It is in, I believe, Genesis 18 where it says, God who is judge of all the earth, shall he not do right? And that is a rhetorical question that demands the answer, yes, he will. And so his righteousness towards humanity and all his creation is rooted in God's holiness and God's holy standards of what is right and wrong. Now, when we talk about righteousness between humanity, between persons, it is acting lawfully and right to each other. So then the question is, what is God's standard of lawful and right? What is God's moral compass of good versus evil, right versus wrong? You know, a lot of people will say, well, you may believe that's right, but I don't believe it's right, and I don't believe it's wrong. And and for years now, right and wrong have become so relative. And you'll find even in Christian circles that they have adapted the the secularist view that there's no absolute right and wrong. But the Bible does give us absolute right and wrong. And, And so when we talk about God's standard of what is lawful and right, how do we know what that is? How do we put definition to it? If you would turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1, or 1 John chapter 3 rather, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Now, back in Proverbs 14.34, righteousness is contrasted to sin. They're in opposition to each other. If we kind of understand what God calls sin, if you go to the opposite and contrast it, we know what God would call righteousness. And God gave the law to define what is right and wrong. Now, Do understand this. 
nobody, the Bible's very clear, you cannot keep the law to be saved. But the law defines what is right and wrong. We are not under the Old Testament ceremonial law because Christ fulfilled all of that in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. However, God's moral law has never changed. You'll find in Malachi, I think it is chapter 3, where it clearly states that our God changes not. You'll find that statement repeated in the book of James and in the book of Hebrews as well. And so God's mind of what is right and wrong has never changed. And so here we we understand, if we want to know what it is to be righteous, if we say, okay, righteousness exalts a nation, let our nation be righteous. Well, what does that mean? How, How do you become a righteous nation? What does it mean? We need to understand God's standard of what is lawful and right. Well, turn back, if you would, to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. If sin is a transgression of the law, and we're talking about the moral law, then we need to understand that in opposite would be righteousness. The first four out of the Ten Commandments has to do with your relationship with God. The last six has to do with your relationship with each other of what is right and wrong, God's holy standard of what is lawfully right versus wrong by God's holy standards. The first one has to do with your inner relationship with God and your worship of God. But in the first four, basically it is defined that we are to fear God and to worship God the Almighty God who is the Creator and have no other God before us. That is not, you cannot have the Shinto God. Now, I'm not, now in America, we have given the freedom to worship as you believe. But if we want to be a righteous nation, this is what the people of America need to strive for. You need, and we could list a whole other bunch of gods. It's, it's not those gods. It is worshiping the one true God. Not having idols. Not bowing down to any other god. Giving God the first of your time. Setting time aside to, to, to serve God. We would understand that is God's value that we should have. Then you go to the last six. Number five is honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. This has to do with the nucleus family. Husband and wife as God ordained. And that they have their family, they're responsible before God with their children, and to raise up their children. <coughs> a godly nation will see marriage in the family and raising children to reverence their parents and obey their parents, which in turn will worship God. Then number six, thou shalt not kill. Now that word kill 
is talking about murder. Because God ordained capital punishment. There were times that God ordained that one country should go to war with another country. But this is murder. And so if we want to be a righteous nation, we will punish murder on any level the way God said to punish it. Whether they are murdering the unborn that are yet in the womb, or whether they murder somebody that they can see and walk with and, and take their life away from them. A righteous nation will revere human life as God ordained. The next one is, thou shalt not commit adultery. A righteous nation will be committed to moral integrity. It will oppose any form of adultery or immoral perversion. But it will be committed to moral integrity. It says, thou shalt not steal. That means we're a nation that will not take stuff from somebody else that does not belong to us. Whether it be on an individual basis or on a legalized excessive taxation basis, one thief is as bad as another thief, thou shalt not steal. It goes on to say, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. (coughs) A righteous nation will be founded upon honesty and truth. When a country is submerged with dishonesty, deception, and lies, it is on its crash course for certain. I was thinking about this. One of the pivotal points about on, when it came to honesty in our nation, I believe came during the Bill Clinton presidency. When he was caught and had to admit that he lied about some things in the matters of Monica Lewinsky. He was caught red-handed and it was proven. The news media across the nation excused it and justified it. And everywhere you heard, well, everybody needs to lie some of the time. Well, a righteous nation wouldn't see that. There are some things you always need to lie about, is what they tried to say. And it wasn't bad that he lied. No. That was a pivotal point. And do you know what? From that pivotal point... Our government is operating with the highest level of dishonesty and deception probably ever in our history. Righteousness that exalts a nation is centered and grounded upon honesty. Whether you're a common laborer, and that's the backbone of our nation, or whether you be an elected official, Righteousness exalts a nation from one end to the other. Then the last one, thou shalt not covet. And it goes down and gives some identification to there. This, the others talk about our actions and our words. This talks about our heart and our thought life. And this is the root that causes every other sin in the rest of the commandments. When you covet 
what's not yours and steal. When you covet what you want and lie to get it. When you covet and act in such a way that is forbidden by God. And so a nation that is righteous or God's standard of righteousness is defined right here. Then, what is a righteous nation? First, I define God's standard of holiness and what is His standard for right and wrong. What is a righteous nation? A nation wherein the greater composite of its people and leadership believe God, fear God, and committed to doing what is lawful and right in the eyes of God. You know, we got a long ways to go in our nation, don't we? But this is what a righteous nation is. Let me give you three things this morning that a nation that is exalted by righteousness will experience. When a, when a nation will be committed to God's standards of what is lawful and right, here's three things that that nation will experience. The first one is, the more a nation will follow God, the more God provides a greater level of national security. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. And in verse 7 and 8. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 7 and 8. The Word of God says, The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God give thee. You'll find the similar statement in Joshua 1.5. Now we understand this, this was a promise that was given to Israel as a covenant nation. But it is also a principle of how God operates when any nation chooses to exalt righteousness and be exalted by God. Proverbs 14.34 is not simply talking about Israel as a covenant nation. It's talking about any nation. Any nation that will live and lead and govern in a righteous way, God exalts and protects. And here we see it in definition and in practice in the security internationally with that nation. A righteous nation that, that lives with God's rules in mind <coughs> will experience a greater national security. You look at the history of America. At the very beginning, when we won the Revolutionary War, it really was a miracle. And many of the battles that were won were won miraculously by the providence of God. The British Army was the world-ruling army that, that conquered anywhere they went, almost, except America. 
they were by far a much better equipped and much better trained and much better commanded military power than what the colonial army was. But I have read battle after battle and incident after incident how God providentially intervened to give us victory and to deliver us from the oppression of England. God did that because there was a greater level of commitment to God's standard of righteousness in our country. Then just this week, and I believe I shared this Thursday night, uh, I, I had not studied history on this particular matter, but I understand it was in 1812 the Brits tried to destroy us again. They came in offshore. Their intent was to burn our government buildings and to assassinate certain of our government leaders, figuring that our nation would capitulate and want to rejoin into the British Empire. And quite frankly, they had the power and the ability to do that had God not intervened. And as I was, I was watching a, a clip on this, and they were talking about some of the, the biggest storms that ever took place. And at the time that they started lighting these buildings on fire, God started one of the horrific thunderstorms. That it was a literal downpour and put out every fire that they started. And not only that, but God brought one of the worst tornadoes across there that that area had ever experienced. I don't know how long the tornado stayed on the ground, but it was one of the largest tornadoes they'd ever experienced. But the storm lasted at least two hours or more. And by the time the storm was over, and, and, and the colonial militia had taken safety during the storm, the British didn't understand it. And they were driven back to their ships with their tails between their legs and incapable of accomplishing their goal. Even at that time, the Americans said this was the providential hand of God that saved us. If it had not been for God, we'd have lost our nation. You see, a country that will choose righteousness over evil, God exalts, and they will experience a greater level of national security. You compare that with where we are today. The corruption that, that goes so widespread even in our leadership that defy God, denounce God, oppose things of God. We have leadership that is selling themselves out to other nations. And that's because righteousness has no part in them. They covet the money. They covet power. They covet immorality. They're thieves. And they don't mind killing innocent people. And they're on the take, big time, millions and millions of dollars, selling us out to another nation. On top of that, we've, we now understand that just off of our shores in Cuba, the Communist Chinese Party 
has a training ground for between 100 and 150,000 communist troops. Now, folks, when we talk about battles and enemies and different things like this, I think it's important for me to say it's not their ethnicity that's a problem. It's their communist ideology that's a problem. When our country went to war against the Germans, Germans were hated. That was wrong. We had a lot of good Germans in our country. When our country went to war against the Japanese, Japanese people were hated. That's wrong. Many of those Japanese were very loyal to our country. We can go down through any ethnicity, and I don't call it a race because there's only one race, the human race. But when we think of the Communist Party coming in, I understand that in New York and different places there have been hate crimes. And yes, I would I, any crime is a hate crime. But there have been the hate crimes against many uh, Chinese and Asian-looking people simply because of their ethnicity. Folks, that's wrong. And so when I talk about a particular nation, I'm talking about their politics. I'm not talking about their ethnicity. But this is setting right off of our shores with opportunities and open doors. Why should God protect us? The more a nation will follow God, first, the greater the national security. The more a nation will follow God, the greater the level of internal security. I mean, the greater peace and security we have within our homes and within our communities and within our neighborhoods, that goes together. You see, when righteousness prevails in our laws and righteousness prevails in our justice, you create an environment of security and peace for everybody to live. But when laws become unrighteous and when justice becomes corrupt, there is no peace, there is no security. That fades. When a wicked lifestyle is protected and promoted and righteousness will be persecuted and prosecuted. When good is called evil and evil is called good then evil will go unpunished and good is harassed and persecuted. Watch out. And you know what? Our country is at that point. Every now and then, we get some good uh, determinations by our justice system. But when you have corrupt judges on benches... What's going to come out will be unpredictable. But when judges are committed to righteous law and righteous justice, when wickedness and evil is punished, you know, the locksmiths may go out of work because of the security and the peace. I can remember a day back at the ranch, we never locked our front door. And then later they came that day in the 70s, where we started locking our doors. 
and locking our vehicles. The more a country or a nation will follow God, the greater the national security, the greater the internal security. The more a nation will follow God, the more a righteous, they will be materially blessed. Deuteronomy stated that as well. You see, righteous laws enables the common person to succeed and prosper, not just a hand few to rob from everybody else. Righteous laws produces greater individual responsibility, greater individual achievement, the greater ability and the character to provide for your own and to take care of and work and be a part of society and a positive producing part of society. The greater that righteousness prevails, more widely you will see this in its citizenship. It will produce more of a self-reliance rather than a widespread reliance upon government. You see, whomever you rely upon is to whom you will become a slave. All of these people that are relying on the government to take care of them, they will now become slaves to the government if they would only understand that. A righteous person puts their full reliance upon God to give them the ability to do what needs to be done. You follow the trails of corruption and tyranny and atheism and you will find widespread darkness, oppression, and tyranny. The righteousness of America must find its roots in these two things. First, it must find its roots in the pulpits. And I'm speaking to preachers. I believe the greatest failure of our country is not first at the state capitol or at the nation's capitol. I believe our first failure came in the church house. And I've stated that many, many times. If preachers cease to declare God's truth and God's righteousness, woe unto that nation. And that's where we are. You know, you can find a preacher in America or a dime a dozen preachers in America that will endorse any and every sin you want to talk about. From abortion to moral perversion to whatever it is. You'll find them that will endorse that in violation of God's standard of righteousness. And when preachers promote it, it's like the passage in the Bible says that if darkness is all the light you have, how dark is that country? And if they have no light to give, if they do not preach truth, here's our command. Here's my, com- my command. It talks about preach the word. <coughs> That's talking about being a herald. I am the messenger for God. I can't change the message. I must give God's message. I'm not making up my own message. I must give God's message. That is to herald for the King, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. We need more preachers who are surrendered and dedicated to God to preach biblical truth, to exalt righteousness and promote righteousness and hate sin and hate evil. We need more preachers. Now, we need them to have the right kind of spirit. Paul said in Ephesians, giving the truth in love, (coughs) if we give it only with an angry spirit, we, we give a mixed message and we defile the message of God. But we still must be able to speak the truth and preach righteousness and have a compassionate heart to declare it. Then second, first, it must begin with preachers in the pulpit. Second, the roots of righteousness in America must come in the pews, the church folk. If the church folk don't believe and practice biblical truth, then what? The preachers can preach the truth all they want. And I think that would help with what's going on in pews around America. But if preachers preach truth and righteousness and and, and God's plan, but if the people in the pews individually don't live righteously and walk with God... What hope is there for that nation? I realize that one small church and one believer within one small church doesn't change the country. But you see, you and I will either be a part of the solution to help bring us back to God or we will be a part of the reason to justify the wrath of God. We'll be in one boat or the other with that if the church folk don't care to obey God and walk with him then what the reality for America is this if you want to pray for the restoration and the preservation of America it must begin with the house of God First Peter chapter 4 and verse 17 says for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God and if it first begin at us What shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? If we as believers who are God's people do not care to be right with God, woe unto this nation. We have our individual responsibility. Let us be a part of God's solution And please let none of us be a part of the reason why God must execute his wrath upon our country. My plea today is not so much God save America, but God help us to evangelize America so that she can become a more righteous nation worthy of both God's blessing and God's protection. Father, we come to you this morning. And what a great need our country has. If ever there was a crucial time for godly Christians to live 
and to be an influence. Now is that day. If ever there was an opportunity to be a bright and shining light in in a very dark culture, now is our opportunity. Father, I pray that you will help us as believers and as your children to be that kind of influence for our nation. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. For more information about Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland, Colorado, you may visit our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com. If you wish to donate to this radio ministry, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Once more, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Or you may go to our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com and click on the Give tab. We would love to have you visit our regular Sunday services with morning worship at 9.30, Sunday school at 10.50, and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. And until we meet again, be sure you are... Living by faith, living by faith, in Jesus above. I'll pray.
Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. And our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit WarriorsRevolution.com. That's WarriorsRevolution.com. Reasons to Own Gold, brought to you by the Patriot Training Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank, which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank, 
and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800 Can you imagine what it would look like if we, the people, actually enforced the Constitution? After all, we are the only ones who are authorized to do so. After more than 75,000 hours spent in R&D and hundreds of chapters developed across this republic, we have the tangible path to reclaiming America again. All we need is you. Join us today at tacticalcivics.com and bring your county into this responsible way of life. Hello friends, this is Bradley Dean, show host for the Sons of Liberty. Join me on KHNC 1360 AM every weekday at 8 p.m., Saturdays at 5 to 7 p.m., and Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. This is Steve of Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. This is Rick Rodriguez. Christ said he would build his church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Join me on Sundays from 9 to noon for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program on 1360 AM KHNC. Hey folks, Larry Elder here. The rumors are true. KHNC listeners are loving Y-Refi. They're investing in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or to the Fed. A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this. There is no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Eldorados, you got to get in touch with Y-Refi. I've met with them personally, and take it from me, the great Eldersky, they are trustworthy, honest, and you can earn a fixed rate of return up to 10.25%. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. Click on investyrefi.com or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You will be glad you did. This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American World Hegemony, The New World Order, Secret Societies, One World Religion, Weather Warfare, International Wars, Transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. The views and opinions.